It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'ma get it. Cause I, I, I been waiting all night. It's game time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White, and Garrett Ross. All right, welcome into the program. It's game time here on a Tuesday with Tom and Ward and Garrett. We're glad you're with us as we get ready to rock and roll here on a Tuesday morning. And uh, first of all, we got Monday behind us, that's, and that's always a good thing. It's a plus. Yeah, to, to move Monday in the rearview mirror and, uh, and head on to Tuesday. So uh, we're, we're glad about that. Uh, beautiful morning. It is starting to feel like spring, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's just – just kind of get that spring feel to it. Nice weather. Uh, I know around our neighborhood, kids are running around nonstop. Got some hornets in the bushes. So, yeah, it's, it's spring. <laughs> Definitely spring. <laughs> Nothing says spring, Ward, like hornets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, look. Telltale signs, man. It's there. You just got to look. <laughs> Never thought of it like that. <laughs> Oh, boy. Nature for the morning. <laughs> uh, Ward White, how are we? Outstanding. Ready to go? Yes. A lot of fun? Mm-hmm. Good stuff here. <laughs> I think that's a, that ought to be like one of those cards, you know, that you send out. Nothing <laughs> says spring like hornets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to appreciate it. So, yeah. So, when do we do our weed and feed? I'm a little perplexed because I'm scared to do it because, look, we old people know that it's it's not over with until until after Easter. There's always a coach nap right before Easter, isn't there? Isn't Normally, it? yeah. I mean, you you just look up and you go, "Hey, this here we go." Yeah, uh, it snowed on us one Easter in Longview, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah, no, it, it can you can have some you can have some spells. So, mm-hmm. when do I weed and feed Ward my yard? Probably in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be okay. I've got. Have you have you gave it the first cut yet? I haven't done anything. You don't do it till after that. So make that that first cut and get rid of the weeds because I got some weeds. The, the first cut after the first cut, you go ahead and weed and feed at that time. Yeah. And and then I noticed that I, back in the corner in my backyard where it, there's a lot of shade, I'm starting to lose the the, the grass because it's not getting enough sunlight. And I got to figure out a plan for that because that's going to drive me nuts. Thin the tree. Chop down the darn tree. Either one. If you, if you saw this tree, yeah. All right. Well, now that we got that that taken care of, the uh, the lawn and garden report this morning <laughs> is brought to you by. Uh, so have you done your yard? I mean, you, you good to go? or? I haven't given it the first cut yet. It's still dormant right now. And then you'll weed and feed and, mm-hmm. and, and we'll get going. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got that problem, and I tell you what else the problem I got driving me nuts too. We have the ceiling fan, and I'm telling you, it looks like a, um, it looks like an airplane propeller. It's huge, right in the living room. Well, the other day, it just, it and the light attached to it just quit working, and it's a remote control. That's the only way to turn it on. There's no switch on it. There's no chain. There's no nada. It's remote control. Well, everybody says reprogram the remote control. How about get on Amazon and buy a new remote control? Well, the remote control is only two years old. Well, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Well, the little green light comes on when you press the button. I, I re- well, then I, re- I would, yeah. I re- they, they, and I try to reprogram it. Well, that didn't work either. 
And then you keep reading on, you know, the little tips from, from whoever, and it says you may have a, a loose wire. Well, that's where we stop. The old loose wire thing, uh, no, we're not doing that. So we've got an appointment with with an electrician on Thursday to make sure. I'm going to let an electrician do it. Yeah. And you know what? It may be simple as, hey, it was your remote control. But that's okay. I'm not doing it. There you go. I, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I don't blame you either. I'm not messing with electricity. Nope. Nope. Not doing it. I turned the breaker off. I done all kinds of crazy things that I know to do. Which, you well, know. if you turn the breaker off, you can take the fan apart and see if it's a wire. Yeah, you can, but I ain't. <laughs> Let's be real clear. <laughs> Those who can, can. Those who can't, don't. Stay in your lane. <laughs> that's, that's a cra- yeah. What did a guy, there was a guy on television used to say, I have a guy. It, it, that's kind of my attitude. I got a guy. You know, you use the phone, you call a guy. Somebody who's who has those skill sets. I don't have that skill set. Look, it took me till I was about 35 to figure out where to put the gas in the car. You know? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever changed a flat on the side of the road? On yes. the side of the road? Yes. I don't know about on the side of the road. But I've changed, yeah. No, I don't know about necessarily on the side of the road. I'm a little apprehensive about that. I'd probably call somebody. I'm not trying to get hit by no car. That's what I'm talking about. Me too. Triple A. Dial them up. I'm calling, if it's around here, I'm calling my friends over at Big Boys. I'm not kidding. There you go. Uh, but I, 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 I honestly never did it. And knock on wood, never had it happen. I've had, I've come out of the house, you know, running late for work. And looked over there, and you know, and the tire's flat. And you're like, Yo, what am I, you know. And then you call somebody. Exactly. <laughs> little help. <laughs> but I, I've never had to, and, and I was, you know, I was, when, when, when I left, what, 12 years ago now? Uh, I, was, I was a traveling, I, I sold sporting goods to high schools and colleges, and I was all over the state. And never, knock on wood, had to do that. You're going to get a flat this afternoon. No, I probably will. Probably. <laughs> I probably will. And I'm not real clear why we're having this conversation. But anyway, we'll, let's uh, let's move on. All right. So uh, today on the program, Shehan Jayaraja from CBS Sports is going to join us. The, I, I, I can't wait. We're going to talk to J.J. Jackson. He does the uh, Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Now, yesterday, our guest was from the Locked On uh Carolina podcast, mm-hmm. Locked on Tar Heels podcast. Today, we get the Locked on Blue Devils podcast host in J.J. Jackson. We'll talk some Duke Blue Devil basketball. That'll be fun. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the NCAA Women's uh, Final Four. Ward, it looks a lot like the men in that you've got several Blue Bloods that are going to be in the Final Four. And, uh, you know, some tradition-rich programs that are going to be back uh, in Minneapolis for the Final Four. It does. And you've got, you know... Some of the three number ones sitting in there in the in the final four, and then UConn, the number two, sitting there after a double overtime win last night mm-hmm. to get into the final four coming up on Friday. Uh, should be fun. Should be a lot of fun to see who comes comes out on top. And right now, UConn, you know, doing what they have to do to to get to the final four. It'd be interesting to see if they can keep that rolling. Isn't this like their twenty second trip? To the final four. Yeah, it, I I don't know the exact number, but it's it's way up there. I guess in November they go ahead and, and reserve hotel rooms. And yeah, probably. <laughs> so, I mean, twenty. I think it's like twenty two trips. 
to the to the uh, women's final four. So uh, there you go. Uh, we, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. One of the things that we're going to do as we get to spring, uh, you know, obviously Baylor football is is practicing. In fact, they'll practice today. Their third of fifteen workouts today. They got three workouts this week, today, Thursday, and then again on Saturday. Uh, so and Saturday is going to be in the in the stadium yes. at McLean. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but we're, we're also going to try to take you around the conference and talk to, to folks that are covering the other schools as they go through spring. And today we're going to talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys and uh, Scott Wright. Uh, you know, with in one of the things that has been discussed, and, and, and again, I don't, you know, I don't, it's, it's the media putting titles on things. That's what we do. <laughs> But uh, one of one of the things that was discussed was with the departure of Texas and Oklahoma, who are going to be those programs that step up to kind of be the leaders? Well, uh, Oklahoma State uh, has been mentioned, and, and obviously with the on the field success that Baylor has had in football, men's basketball, women's basketball, all the sports, uh, that Baylor's name is is in there as one of those leaders in the conference. So. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Scott Wright from the Oklahoman, the uh, the newspaper that covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the Sooners, for that matter. We'll talk to him about uh, what's going on with Mike Gundy's program, what's going on within the athletic program, uh, as uh, you know they continue to do their thing. They just what was it last year, Ward, that they just opened a new ballpark uh, for for baseball, a beautiful. I think it beautiful was last year. State of the art facility. They're fixing uh, to renovate. They just announced yesterday they're going to. Do a fourteen million dollar renovation to Boom Picking Stadium too. Another yes. reno, huh? Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you now because I will I will be the first to tell you that Alec P. Reno Stadium, which is the old baseball ballpark, uh, man, it 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 needed some help. But they they have built a brand new ballpark and they say it is state of the art and fantastic. But you know it's part of the arms race, isn't it? I mean, in sure. college athletics? Yeah, you have to. I mean, if you're not building something, you're behind. Yep. I mean, it's, that's just a fact. I mean, look, there's two new arenas coming in in the big in, – in, well, it won't be the Big 12 anymore. Texas is getting a new arena, and, and Baylor's getting a new arena. It, it, it's the arms race. If you're not building something, you're falling behind, it, it looks like to me. Well, it, you know, facilities mean a lot because you want to be – able to have those young recruits walk in and be wowed by what's standing in front of them. It's, you know, because here's, here's the problem with it or not really a problem, but here's the scenario. You know, a lot of these high schools now have such fantastic facilities that if they don't walk into a college facility, that's not up to par, even with what they have in high school, they're going to look around and go, what? Yep. No. And I'm that not. has been the case at a lot of places. Well, yeah, absolutely yeah. it has. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we got better stuff back at fill-in-the-blank high school. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, look at some of the indoor practice facilities that are that are popping up everywhere. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I mean Franklin's nice. got a beautiful indoor facility. Yeah. Uh, and there's others coming. Uh, you got a beautiful – and you know what? And here's, here's my opinion on it. Uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, what, what are you doing – if, if I believe that athletics, and this is just my opinion, I believe athletics is not a extracurricular activity. I believe athletics is a co-curricular activity. And if you're going to have a nice classroom for science and math, why not have nice stuff for your athletic facility? Because a lot of kids, 
that's what's that's what they migrate to and, and perform well in school because of their ability to participate in athletics. And and same with the other uh the other activities, band, one act play, all that stuff. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Well yeah, you should. You know, if you have the capabilities and you have the taxpayers that are gonna help, you know, get that in line and, and facilitate and, it, yeah. Yeah, you, you have to. You owe it to those young people to be able to have, you know, something that gives them an opportunity to compete on a high level. Well, how many times have you talked to a young man or a young woman and said, you know what, if I didn't get to play fill in the blank, I don't, I'm not sure that I would have graduated. Uh, in that, I'm not saying that's the right thing, but I'm telling you that is part of the equation. It is part of the equation for a lot of them. A lot of them would not even be in school if it wasn't for extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. It keeps them, you know, going and, you know, just going to – sit in a classroom doesn't do it for them. And so they go sit in that classroom because they know if they don't pass, they don't play. Well, and I didn't mean to do it now, but we did. Look, we we brought up money because money's going to drive everything, right? Well, there's an article today in The Athletic. And I love The Athletic, by the way. I subscribe to it and read it just like, you know, just like anybody else. But there's an article today in The Athletic that talks about where we're going with our Power Five conferences over the next, I don't know, what, six, seven years? In television contract negotiations. You know, the SEC just did a deal, what, about a year ago uh, that's going to take them uh, for for the next several years. In fact, I mean, you know, they they stepped out there and uh, Disney, ESPN, whatever you want to call it, uh, wrote them a big check. And, and therefore, CBS is out of the mix in the SEC. That Saturday afternoon game that Vern Lundquist did for one thousand years, and then uh, and then he he retired. And, and but that that's no longer going to be a Saturday afternoon feature uh, for for CBS because ESPN has one hundred percent of the of the rights to the SEC. They say the next league that goes to that goes into negotiations is the Big Ten, and so those two are you know are, are going first, if you will, and, and then you know ACC, Big Twelve, Pack. If if I understand the article right, with all of the projections, and a lot of it is projections, with a lot of projections, it looks like that the SEC and the Big Ten may be able to double the dollars that they're going to be able to pay out to their member institutions compared to the other leagues. In other words, it's going to be over $100 million in in the SEC compared to, say, 55, 56, and some of the others. So uh, we'll get into what does that mean? I don't want to get into all of the particulars of it, but if that is the case, what does that mean for these leagues? And we'll talk about that a little later on today as well. All right, uh, it is 715 15 minutes after 7. In fact, we'll talk about it next right here on ESPN Central Texas. Your morning weather report is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. Another mild day here in Central Texas with mostly cloudy skies. It'll be windy. Highs top out at 83 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy with showers and thunderstorms likely, but not until overnight. We drop to 59 and then clearing skies with lots of sunshine on Wednesday and a high of 78. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. 
recently on the John Moore Show. So think about that. Those uh, really Baylor Athletics Iconics plays both happened in 2021. Both of them happened this past year. Best season in Baylor basketball history with the national championship. Best season in Baylor football history in 2021 with the Big 12 title and the Sugar Bowl win to top it off. John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental, they make work easier. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. As fuel cost has risen, make sure your vehicle is summer ready. To get the best fuel mileage, take the proper steps needed in maintaining your vehicle properly with Kish's Complete Car Care Center's maintenance. There are many aspects of maintaining the fuel economy of your car. With rising fuel costs, we can make sure you get the best fuel mileage possible. Take the proper steps in maintaining your vehicle today at Kish's Complete Car Care Center. 5300 Franklin Avenue. Shipments of unique, one-of-a-kind rustic furniture for your home or office and western home decor arrives daily at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. Check out their living room, dining room, and bedroom sets, buffets, hall trees, sofas, end tables, and sectionals from Steve Silver. This heavy-duty furniture is built to last, and it's priced to move. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. It's the world's best western store, Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include any one meat plate with two sides for only $8.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. Now, back to the Alan Samuel Studios. All right, 719. We're 19 minutes after 7 o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. The 7 o'clock hour is brought to you in part by Good Feet in the Central Texas Marketplace. See what 
a free arch support fitting can do for you. Also by VersaLift Southwest. They're hiring a hydraulic, electrical, and service tech right now. You can apply at 7601 Imperial Drive. Also, thanks to uh, ProStar Rental, the number one choice for all your equipment needs. They've got uh, a great location on I-35 in Belton and also at 2308 Robinson Drive. And our friends over at Big Boys Record Service. Got to keep them on. Uh, Got to keep them handy for that tire, that flat tire, Garrett. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> family owned and operated since 1984. Uh, no job too big or too small for for BJ and the gang over at Big Boys Record Service. All right, uh, 7:20. We're 20 after seven. We were talking about the uh, an article in the Athletic, and uh, it, and again, a lot of this. Let's let's be real clear. A lot of the the numbers that they're using was based off of some speculation, based off of some projections. And, you know, some of the things that they talked about, Ward and Garrett, were, were hey, look, uh, this has to be – this is based off of a 12-team playoff moving forward and not a four-team. It's based off Texas and Oklahoma making the transition uh, to the SEC in 2025. There were several things – and I don't want to get bogged down in the numbers, but I do want to talk about if the numbers are even remotely close – and there's that significant amount of dollars differential between what the payout to the member institutions in the Big Ten and the SEC compared to the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12. What does that do to the competitive balance across the country? Well, it's definitely going to shift it, and it's going to move it to one or two areas. Obviously, the Big Ten and the SEC, uh, that gives you more money to pay out your coaches. You can bring on better staffs. And what when you look at that, and you mentioned they're basing this off the 12-team projection. We were The other day, we were talking about the college football playoff expansion, right? And one of the, the conferences who really put a halt to that were the ACC. I'm wondering if the ACC was looking at these projections and saying, you know what, that's why we don't want a 12-team playoff if we're going to get left out and not have a piece of the pie. And I, I could definitely see you know, their reasoning for that, the Big 12, the Pac-12, because if you're not going to be able to compete financially, then it, it just puts a disparity even worse than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I, I, don't, I don't know that the answer is the super conferences because of the imbalance that it will create. Uh, I, I just, if you're, you know, if you're going to stay with the four team playoff, then there's the way you're going to have to do it because there's only going to be so many teams that are relevant and that, and that's just how it's going to be. And that's what I was asking. If indeed, you know, you're going to see this separation, are you going to see a competitive, is it going to continue to be a bigger gap? It's it's a bigger gap. The rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. Are those programs able to hire better not not necessarily head coaches, but they're assistant gonna be throw, coaches. They're going to be able to throw more money at the coaches. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be better coaches. They're just going to be able to, you know, spend more money on coaches, which in turn usually means it's, you know, a, a, an upgrade, but not necessarily all the way. That young and up-and-coming coordinator. Uh, Maybe. You know, that's what yeah. I, would, I would – that was the first thing I thought about is some of these younger guys that are making that, that journey up, you know, up the ladder is their first look going to be – to those leagues that have a lot more dollars to 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 spend. Well, or or that ladder's going to get harder for those younger guys to climb because the older guys are going to get the get the money and you know, they're going to pay for experience more than they're going to pay for the new new uh shiny toy that's out there because they 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 don't want to throw that much money at them because they're not a proven uh 
a, a proven coach that that has got you know skins on the wall. And another thing, I mean, kind of going hand to hand with that is we see more and more influx of these analysts. You know, these guys coming in from the NFL. If you have the the funds, then you can get the better analysts to come in. But also the the bigger thing, and, and you know, me and you kind of Tom, me and you touched on this briefly this morning, and and you bring up a good point. You can't technically say this money is designated for an NIL. I, I don't believe that you can do that. But mm -hmm. if you have more money over there, you're going to see more NIL opportunities pop up in the Big Ten and the SEC, which is going to cause more of a power. Well, it's already we see a power shift, but you're going to have more separation from the good players if they can go and make you know more money. And all of this, really, when you get right down to it, guys, is based off of television, television dollars, uh, what these networks are willing to pay for the content uh, on Saturday afternoons, on Thursday nights, and heck, now Monday night, Tuesday, I mean, you know, it's any every night, night. Yeah. it's every night of the week. And, and you know, look, you're you're seeing guys sell their soul. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Some of these mid majors and, and even smaller schools, what they're willing to do to get on television for that for that paycheck and for that that marketing opportunity. You know, I, can you put in kind of taking it away from there? But r seriously. I was thinking about this the other day. Can you put a dollar value on what Baylor received by having Scott Drew host the be, to be on that that set covering the NCAA basketball tournament? And every time you talk, they 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 turn to look at him, Coach Scott Drew from Baylor University. I mean, look, you can't. I don't know that you can put a dollar value on what kind of positive publicity that brought the university. You can't. I, and I think if we just look back at this year, or really the past couple of years in general, they've been in the – Baylor's name has been ringing out across the nation. You know, and it's it's good, um, and it's definitely going to help with recruiting. Uh, not that he really needs it, right? Like he's proven player – he can get any player he wants, essentially. But when you see him up there, you have an opportunity. It's really, to me, it's parents, right? Like if parents have an opportunity to dial in, listen to the man talk, I think it could probably make them – more interested and in welcoming into their home if he wasn't if they weren't familiar with him before. No, it's, it, whatever he says is genuine. I can tell you that, uh, Ward. So here's here, from the nine hundred three. With the way the money, and this is from our CNC Collision Center text line. With the way money is flowing, college football looks like it's limping away from the Power Five into a top two with a plus three. The SEC and the Big Ten putting three teams in a playoff with the best of the Pac twelve, Big Twelve, and ACC and Notre Dame at large as the fourth team. The only way to change this, change this is for TV network to build and challenge ESPN SEC powerhouse. I don't know that it's going to get that far, uh, but I mean, with 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 ESPN in it seemingly having a bottomless pit of dollars to to throw around, you know, is is there some is there some validity to that? Yeah, there absolutely is. And it's what we just talked about as, as far as, you know, these powerhouses being able to get bigger and stronger and, and, and have more uh, grip on what they want to do because of the, the dollars are flowing their way and they're not flowing everybody's way. I, you know, until we go to a true playoff and, and, and that, you know, that in tune has to be with television money that they agree to whether they want to just make the bowl games a playoff game like we've talked about a thousand times. It's very easy to do. You can still have the bowl games and, and have the playoffs and make those bowl games relevant and put butts in the seats. Uh, until they do that, 
you know, we're going to continue to look down this path of the super conferences, and if that happens, well, you know, just get used to seeing the same jerseys each and every year because it won't matter. You know, I was just thinking yesterday we were talking about trying to level the playing field with, with the playoff, adding the teams to the playoff and giving everybody, quote, a an opportunity. But when you continue to pour dollars into specific leagues, uh, I, I, how do you get there? The or, or can the you even get there? Yeah, you, you know? can't. You, you can't. It's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, interesting. It's, hey, look, I'm just, I, I just threw it out there. I read it this morning. Thought you, uh, if you're a football fan or, or really just a, a college athletics fan in general, uh, this, is a, this is a terrific read because, it, again, it's all based on projection, but this company does a really, really good job of, of, of laying it all out. And, you know, you go back and look at what they laid out in 2020, and it's pretty darn close. So, uh, all right, it is a 728, 28 after 7. Coming up next, we're going to talk with uh, Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com. Recently on the John Moore Show. King McClure, our guest, ESPN uh, Television College Basketball Analyst. Is this about where you thought Baylor might be? Are they below where you thought they might be? Or are they better than where you thought they might be? So I think in my mind, when Baylor is healthy, there's no doubt in my mind that they are the best team in the country. And they showed that because they have a bunch of different facets. They're very versatile. Um, they can guard. They can switch. Even their bigs can guard guards and switch from the perimeter. Um, I love Baylor when they're healthy. Uh, the key, the, 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 the thing that I was worried about coming into the year is the lack of guard, the lack, the lack of depth in your guard position. And we see that uh, being a problem. Right there, it left a, a lot of question marks because who knew? Like, things happen in the season. The Voice of the Bears, John Morris. Weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road? The next time it happens, call Big Boys Record Service to get you and your ride where you need to be. You can count on Big Boys Record Service to help you with roadside assistance, such as when your vehicle won't start, you need a tire change, you've locked yourself out of your vehicle, or when you're stuck in the mud. No job is too big or too small. They do it all. Family owned and operated since 1984. Big Boys Record Service. Call 254-662-3031. And remember, slow down or move over. The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, April 2nd, Sunday, April 3rd at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show, proud to be a place where small mom-and-pop vendors share the floor with large dealers that buy, sell, and trade firearms. And the variety of our shows is extensive, and oftentimes, if we don't have it, they don't make it. And the Real Texas Gun Show has more than just guns. You'll also find ammo, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, collectibles, and much, much more. The Real Texas Gun Show, April 2nd, 9 to 5, and April 3rd at the Harker Heights event center here at la fiesta our recipe for being happy and stress-free is a bowl of chili con queso and a plate of enchiladas or steaming fajitas pick some up on your way home so you don't have to cook order online at lafiesta.com call ahead or dine in and get any of your la fiesta favorites la fiesta makes dinner a lot easier la fiesta waco's original tex-mex since 1963 located in waco at 3815 franklin avenue la fiesta restaurant and cantina where passion is our most important ingredient la fiesta Fiesta.com. 
ESPN lovers, upgrade your diamond stud earrings for only a penny more. Whatever the occasion you're waiting to upgrade, shop at Diamore Fine Jewelers and gain an all-access VIP pass to our lifetime diamond stud earring program. Spend $500 on a pair of earrings, spend a penny more and upgrade. When she says diamonds, pretty, pretty please, say yes, 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 with a penny on top. Shop Diamore Fine Jewelers today with interest-free financing, 4541 West Waco Drive. See store for details. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin-Williams is hiring for CDL drivers pay averaging $92,000 annually and regional CDL drivers with pay averaging $94,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including paid vacation and flex time, medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply today at careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. That's careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. Sherwin-Williams is an equal opportunity employer including disability and veterans. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. UConn needed double overtime to beat North Carolina State in 91-87 to advance to the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Louisville knocked off Michigan 62-50 to join UConn, Stanford, and South Carolina in Minnesota. The NIT semifinals are tonight at Madison Square Garden. St. Bonaventure takes on Xavier at 6 o'clock, and Texas A&M tangles with Washington State at 8.30. Baylor baseball hosts UTA tonight for a 6.30 first pitch at Baylor Ballpark. You can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball also at home against Incarnate Word. That game starts at 6 o'clock, and you can hear that game on Cool 101. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Game time is brought to you in part by Big Boys Record Service, Pro Star Rental, Good Feet, and VersaLift Southwest. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas. Good morning, Shahan. It uh, it's a Tuesday, man. We appreciate you being with us this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Let Let's dive right into this thing. Let's talk some college football. Uh. uh we we were just discussing the the dollars that are being uh, thrown around by networks to to the uh, to the Power Five schools. And one of the things that we discussed yesterday was: Does a twelve team playoff or a sixteen team playoff, whatever they come up with, if they come up with one, does that help create a competitive balance? And then you follow that up with: Does the dollars that the Power Five schools are getting does it prevent a competitive balance across the country in college football? I mean, the short answer is yes, right? And the other thing, even just within the Power Five, is that the SEC and Big Ten are about to probably head in a direction that the other three conferences aren't really going to be able to match, right? I mean, we've seen some projections that the SEC and Big Ten could be pushing, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 million dollars, while the other three conferences are more in the 50 million dollar range. And now, at the same time, I mean, that's plenty of money. You can create, obviously, a very good college football team that way. But, yeah, I mean, when you have that level of disparate resources, it absolutely affects the playing field. You know, that's that's something that's so impressive about what Cincinnati did this past year is that when you look at the, the power teams versus Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati's working with a $7 million television payout versus, obviously, every other, you know, Power 5 school making in the 40 to $50 million range. So, Yes, it is going to affect it. Uh, and, I mean, 
look, there's a reason that Texas and Oklahoma uh, thought that maybe the SEC might make some sense for them, and it's because, you know, this, this high payout is going to be a huge advantage heading forward. And so, you know, it'll be really interesting to see in an expanded world, in a 12-team or a 16-team, when you do have some of these teams still making the playoff, how recruits look at that, how players still look at that. And I think that there will still be plenty of opportunity for, I mean, honestly, a school like Baylor where, you know, you have great uh, coaching, you have great development. And as long as you're able to keep, uh, you know, good coaching and development around, I still think that you'll have a chance. But, I, I mean, look, it's, some schools are making tens of millions more than others. That's just an advantage that's going to be tough to beat. NCAA Final Four is set in Kansas sitting right now, maybe with the maybe not the most athletic team, but it seems like they're they're getting a lot of things go their way. Does that continue in this final four for the Jayhawks and Bill Self? Yeah, I mean, they've had a pretty charmed run to this point, you know, getting some really good matchups along the way and making it back to the final four for the first time in a couple of years. And so I, I think that there's a lot to be excited about with this matchup because when I look at this final four, you know, Villanova's a good team, but I don't think that they're, you know, this, a super elite team by any means. Obviously, we got to see them in Waco uh, earlier in the year, and, and they struggled, right? I mean, they, they're kind of a streaky team at times. And so I think that Kansas is going to be ready for a team like that. And then you look on the other side of the bracket, you've got Duke and UNC. And, and certainly Taylor fans know the kind of trouble that UNC can cause. But, you know, these aren't elite teams. These aren't unbeatable teams. This isn't, you know, Baylor last year. This isn't even Gonzaga last year or anything like that. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think that this is a prime opportunity for Kansas to go and, and try to win another championship. Now, again, the flip side of that is that Kansas also isn't an elite team of their own, right? I mean, they are a very, very good team. They could be a championship caliber team, uh, but, you know, they can be streaky too. They need some things to go right. They got blown out a couple times this regular season. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of things are going to have to go right. They're going to have to prepare correctly. But I do think that there's a great opportunity for Kansas to win this whole thing. Shayhan, Coach Aranda, and the Bears are going to be back at practice today. And it, they're looking at their roster, there's obviously the quarterback battle, the running back battle. But I'm intrigued by this wide receiver group. It's it's extremely deep, and they need somebody to step up and be that number one guy. When you look at this group of players, do you see has, is there any? in particular person that's catching your eye that might emerge as the uh, wide receiver number one? Yes, it's a good question. I mean, it's, it's tough to kind of look at this whole deal and think. I mean, obviously, I think that we got to see some nice stuff from Jalen Ellis last year, uh, but he's somebody who hasn't had a whole lot of targets, a whole lot of catches. Um, you know, they, they obviously bring in Armani Winfield. He's a, a true freshman. You know, it would be a surprise if he stepped up in, in sort of that top role, but I think he's going to have an opportunity to be a major contributor. And, so, you know, so, so I think that they're going to need somebody to step up, especially, you know, the guys that I kind of mentioned, they, they aren't necessarily the biggest of guys. I'm curious if they kind of have a big guy step up as well. They do use the tight end, of course, a whole lot in the passing game to kind of create those opportunities. But, yeah, I mean, Tyquan Thornton obviously leaving for the NFL, that, that's a big loss for them. And, and I don't know that they clearly have a guy who's ready to step up into that role. Talking with Shehan J. Roger from CBSSports.com. Uh, Shehan, an article in uh... – uh, on CBSSports.com uh, from you talks about Big 12 football. And uh, you, your key note on Baylor was replacing the running back uh, or running backs, if you will. H how do you think that unfolds as the spring goes along? Yeah, it'll be a critical question because, you know, I remember talking to Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, last year. And one of the things that he said was that they didn't know whether they had that guy, right? I mean, when you talk about, 
the wide zone offense. It's not necessarily something where you need this, you know, this incredible inside zone gap scheme running back, right? Like, I mean, it, it is a situation where you just need a guy who can be patient. You need a guy who can be decisive and you need a guy who can be physical through contact. And Abram Smith was perfect in that role. Right. And so uh, he obviously goes and rushes for well over a thousand yards and is one of the big 12 best running backs. And so heading into next year, they need to find that guy. And, they have a guy who I really like in that potential kind of role. I mean, Jordan Jenkins uh, coming out of Lindell was a big time physical player who dragged his team to the state championship game, you know, rushing for over 2000 yards in high school. And I think that he has the potential to be a very physical runner, but he is only a red shirt freshman. The other guy who's certainly going to factor into that rotation is Tamek Williams, another player who's a, a little bit more of an underclassman, but has gotten some snaps under his belt. But, you know, they have to find that guy, right? I mean, I think that they're going to be looking uh, throughout camp for that guy. You know, one thing that we saw, too, is that they transitioned Josh Leak full-time to running back. You know, he, he had kind of been in a hybrid role, played a lot of receiver. Uh, and, you know, another thing, too, right, because they do also lose Treston Ebner, who was a little bit more of that versatile, maybe somebody who was able to catch a little bit more out of the backfield. Uh, I think that they'll kind of use Josh Fleeks in that role. So, they, you know, their whole offense kind of is built around the idea of somebody being able to attack those gaps that the wide zone creates. And, uh, and if they can't find a guy, it's going to really change the way that they have to play offense. Jayon, does it feel like this NFL draft may be the quietest one we've had in some years? There's not a whole lot of anticipation and excitement about this draft, it doesn't seem like. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest reason for that is that the quarterback class this year is not exceptionally good, right? I mean, we're probably, you know, maybe we'll get one quarterback drafted in the top 10, but there's clearly not you know, sort of a top-level prospect in this draft. And I think that is especially disappointing because of what we saw last year. You know, last year we have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Mac Jones come out, and, you know, that's kind of a game-changing quarterback draft. Obviously, Trey Lance worked his way into that top group as well. You know, this year there there isn't a guy. You know, I mean, some people like Matt Corral, some people like uh, Kenny Pickett, but you know, those aren't necessarily the t- type of top level quarterbacks that we're used to seeing coming out. Malik Willis, obviously, another one coming from Liberty, and so you know, I think that anybody who drafts a quarterback is taking a pretty big chance here, and. I don't think that somebody in the top three necessarily is going to do that. You know, I think that maybe it's going to be a little further down the board. There's good players in this draft. This is actually an, a pretty exceptional edge rusher draft. You know, there's some good defensive linemen in this draft, but those aren't glamour positions, right? I mean, I, everybody's looking for that next great quarterback. And I think that when they, when there isn't a guy in the draft, who's going to be a game changer at that quarterback position. It's tough. Now, the big thing, too, is that when you look forward to 2023, the two best quarterbacks returning in college football are Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. You know, those would be the first two quarterbacks off the board if they were eligible this year. That also plays a role in it. And also Will Anderson coming back to the best defense player in college football. You know, that plays a role in it, too, that the fact that, you know, the two best quarterbacks that, that uh, were in college football last year aren't draft eligible. So I think there will be more excitement for 2023, but 2022, I, I think it's just not going to be quite as loud. Let's stick with quarterback, Shahan. When does Q- Quinn Ewers become the starter for Texas? <laughs> I think that they don't name him in spring because one of the big things, too, is they, they can't have Hudson Carr transfer. Right? I mean, Casey Thompson's out the door. They do have Charles Wright on the roster, but it's not quite the same, right? I mean, having somebody who has some experience under their belt, I think, is a big deal. And the other thing, too, is that Quinn Ewers legitimately hasn't played uh, you know, football at any level in two years. 
and has basically never played college football before. So, yes, I expect him to win the job. Obviously, I think that he's going to start week one. I think he's going to play against Alabama. But, uh, you know, he's not a sure thing, of course. You know, you're still talking about somebody who hasn't played in a while. So, I think that they keep that battle open through the spring. I think that they open it up in the fall. And certainly, I think that Quinny was ends up winning it in the fall. But, uh, you know, the way that you have to manage these battles, especially if you're Texas, is you do have to, you know, keep these things open, give everybody a fair shot because you don't want Hudson Card to transfer. And so, you know, it's going to be, I think, a little bit of a, an interesting battle. And, and I don't think it's impossible that Hudson Card, you know, steps up and wins that job. He was a top 150 type recruit coming out of high school. He's, he's a great quarterback of his own. But obviously, I think that Quinn Ewers kind of gives them a little bit of a fresh start, a little bit of a clean slate. And so I do think that by default, he does end up winning that quarterback job. Jay, how we got three new head coaches in the conference. Uh, which one of those three head coaches, Oklahoma Tech or uh, TCU, which one of those three has the best chance to, to really have that, in, that, that big season right out of the box? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking a big season right out of the box, so that's, a, that's actually a really good question. So I, I think that just going through them quickly, I mean, Sunny Dykes at TCU, they're kind of stepping into a tough situation. I think that it's a little bit of a roster and turnover. I'm not going to say Brent Venables because I think that, you know, people expect them to win 10 games, and I don't know if they're going to do that. I think it might be a little shaky. So if you're talking about somebody who I think could maybe make an immediate impact, I really like the staff that Joe McGuire has assembled over at Texas Tech. They, they have some holes to fill. I mean, they have to they have to get their roster in order. But, you know, offensive coordinator, they go with Zach Kitley, who led Western Kentucky to the best offense in college football last season, coached Bailey Zappi to a record-breaking season at Western Kentucky. And then defensively, they get Tim DeRuiter, who did a fantastic job at Oregon last year before, you know, he, he was just let go because Mario Cristobal moved. So, I mean, they've got a great staff over there. I really like what they've got going on. I think that's. Uh, I, th- I think that they they're going to have a really clear identity on both sides of the ball, which is something that I think that they struggled to have under Matt Wells. And so, you know, look in terms of wins and losses. I mean, they won seven games last year. I don't know if they're going to be a whole lot more than that this upcoming year. But I think that the product is just going to be better. I think they're going to have a chance to be really competitive in some of these games. Um, and you know, so I, I think that relative to expectations, TCU and Oklahoma might be a little tenuous I, I think that Texas Tech might have an opportunity if the quarterback position hits they're gonna have a couple guys uh, competing for that role you know I, I think that they might have a chance to do some special things right away Jayhan with Baylor's Pro Day approaching this week what what player out of the Big 12 is first off the board hmm, that's a good question so uh looking at the board I mean obviously you've got a lot of like, Oklahoma defensive players coming off uh, right now you got – well, oh, actually, you know, one guy who might be the first one off the board is actually Jalen Petrie from Baylor. I mean, I, I think that he's going to have a chance to go really high in the draft. I think that he's going to have an opportunity to, to compete to be maybe a, a, a early second-round pick, maybe even a little higher. And, and this, is, this isn't like a huge transition here in the Big 12, right? So, I mean, that's why, you know, that's why it's a little hard to think of because there isn't necessarily – a uh, an, an elite prospect coming out of the Big 12 this year, but I, I think that Jalen Petrie is going to have a chance to go really high. You know, people really like him and, and his ability to play sort of safety or nickel potentially in the NFL, and so I think that he might be one of the, those guys who has an opportunity to at least compete maybe down the road to to push for the end of the first round. 
Shahan, last thing I got for you, Demetrius Davis, obviously the North Shore quarterback, in, uh, went to Auburn. Now he's in the portal. Is this a situation where you think he comes back home and lands at one of these Texas schools? I think that's going to be a big opportunity for him, for sure. I mean, I, I look at, you know, even Houston, right? I mean, Houston, uh, they have Clayton Toon, but they don't necessarily have a succession plan. I mean, UTSA, I think, has a great uh, would be a great fit for him. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious, too, what kind of interest he gets, right? Like, if you're, I think if there are other SEC teams who will have some interest, I think there's plenty of Big 12 teams across the, big, you know, across the geographical footprint that should have interest. Um, you know, but if, if I'm him, you know, I think that there's a lot of great opportunities in the state of Texas right now. I mean, you know, I think that's a, that TCU is a, is a place that has a lot of questions at quarterback. Um, you know, Oklahoma State could be a place, too. You know, you, you look at a place that has a lot of inconsistency. And then I'll even look out to sort of uh, Arizona State, though, too, because Arizona State has a lot of questions after losing Jaden Daniels to the transfer portal. And so I think that uh, I, I think that he definitely will look hard at some of these Texas schools. But, you know, it's going to depend a little bit on what kind of offers he gets coming up as a transfer. Shayhan, a uh, great article on uh, on college, on Big 12 college football. What else are you guys working on for uh, CBSSports.com? Yeah, later this week I'll also have one coming up on the Pac-12, kind of a similar style article to that. We'll have ones uh, breaking down each of the conferences over at CBSSports.com, but you can check out the Big 12 one. That was the, the first one that we released. Shayhan, as always, it is a pleasure. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon. That is uh, Shayhan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com, and you get a chance, jump over there and read that. Uh, it's it's a great read on on uh, what every member institution has uh, has ahead of them as far as maybe a key ingredient to uh, uh, as far as their uh, football team is concerned going into spring and coming out of spring. Uh, hey, don't forget Morrison's Gifts is having their semi-annual John Hart trunk sale. It's coming up March 30th through Saturday, April the 2nd. You can come by for special pricing on John Hart leather goods and canvas totes, purses, backpacks, luggage, and accessories. And uh, they've got in stock with, with lots of choices for graduation gifts coming up as well. Morrison's will uh, will offer free personal personalization, easy for me to say, on all John Hart products as well as free gift uh, for purchases over $50. Come by, have a cold drink and a snack and and, uh, and shop at uh, Morrison's Gifts. And, again, it's coming up uh, the uh, 30th. That is, uh, that's tomorrow, kids. And it runs through, the, uh, through Saturday at uh, – at Morrison's Gifts, a uh, Baylor alumni-owned business at the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills Drive. They're right next to Jason's Deli. You can't miss them. Stop by and tell them we sent you by. Baylor Baseball, all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back home Tuesday at Baylor Ballpark hosting UT Arlington. 6.15 for the warm-up show, 6.30 first pitch, for the Bears and the Mavs on Tuesday. Coach Rod and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. Beginning Wednesday, January 19th, Helmet Aerospace in Waco will be holding a weekly on-site hiring event. Every Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., Helmet Aerospace will conduct on-the-spot interviews and making offers to qualified candidates that day. Bring a current resume and be ready to interview. Entry-level production to experienced roles as well as professional positions are available. Great pay and benefits starting day one. Can't make it? Apply online anytime at howmet.com slash wacocareers or wacohr at howmet.com. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? 
Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Call Waco Foundation Repair today. Waco Foundation is a family-owned business specializing in foundation repair for your home or business. With over 40 years of experience in the construction industry, they take pride in all the work they do. If you see cracks, don't stress, call the best. Waco Foundation Repair. Call them today at 254-420-4910 for your free estimate. Or you can visit them on their website at wacofoundationrepair.com. That's wacofoundationrepair.com. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. Did you know the average American pays over $500 a month for their car payment? What would you do if you didn't have to make that payment for 90 days? Where else could you use $1,500? Keep your car payments at Genco. Buy new or refinance your current vehicle and have no payments for 90 days. Take advantage of our low rates and no payments for 90 days. Only at Genco. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies insured by NCUA. My money, my future, my credit union. Genco. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. UConn needed double overtime to beat North Carolina State in 91-87 to advance to the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Louisville knocked off Michigan 62-50 to join UConn, Stanford, and South Carolina in Minnesota. The NIT semifinals are tonight at Madison Square Garden. St. Bonaventure takes on Xavier at 6 o'clock, and Texas A&M tangles with Washington State at 8.30. Baylor baseball hosts UTA tonight for a 6.30 first pitch at Baylor Ballpark. You can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball also at home against Incarnate Word. That game starts at 6 o'clock, and you can hear that game on Cool 101. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, 7.54, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Drive safely if you're on your way to work this morning. Tom, Ward, and Garrett, we're glad you're with us. All right, Ward, uh, the uh, owners' meetings are going on in Palm Beach, the NFL owners' meetings, and, and we talked about this yesterday and, and really had a fun discussion about the uh, the overtime rule. Well, it, w- they continue to talk about it because, obviously, it is a, it's a hot-button topic uh, with, uh, with the National Football League right now. Steelers uh, head coach Mike Tomlin is on the uh, competition committee, has been since 2013, and he said he's in favor of an overtime rule that most closely resembles the traditional overtime structure. In other words, he's looking for uh, 
basically sudden death. He likes death. sudden death. Yeah, basically he's looking for sudden deaths. Uh, and he says, uh, to be quite honest with you, I'm a sudden death advocate, uh, a traditionalist. You know, so I think when you, when you he said, I, I just think 60 minutes, everybody's had a fair opportunity to win the game when you're talking about changes as it pertains to competitive fairness. Look, there's two there's two out there right now. And, and one has scoring a touchdown, going for two, and you know, and the other one is basically each team gets the football, and then after one possession, it goes to sudden death. I think I would I would favor that. There was a conversation this morning, and I'm trying to figure out the, and I haven't really had a chance to really think it all the way through. But one of them, Ward said, that hey, look. Instead of changing how the game is played in the fourth quarter, you know, late in the game, if you're tied, the way you manage the game because you're staring at overtime, what if you just kept playing football? When when the clock stops and gets to zero, you you don't have a coin flip. You just say, okay, uh, red team's got it at the 35. Here we go. Each team's going to get one possession, but they get, get, you just put 15 minutes on the clock and keep playing. No, I don't like that at all. Yeah, that changes your complete complexion of how you're trying to manage the clock at the end of a game. I, yeah, that's. But there are some who I, play yeah. for overtime. Yeah, but that's yeah, okay. Fine, but if you just know that your your drive's going to continue on offense, it, it changes the complexion of the game. That's stupid. Why is it stupid? I because mean, because I said so. That's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with it. No, it's just it it changes your approach. To the end of a ball game, how you manage timeouts, how you manage possessions, it, it changes everything. I, I think it does quite the opposite. I think that you Why? can because you, you just continue to play football as if the, you know. Okay, on defense, does it change your approach on defense? Yes. Does it change your approach on offense? Yes. If there's no sense of urgency there, you know, I, it, I, I think it changes your, your approach to the game. Well, if you're playing sudden death that way, yes. But if you know you've got a possession coming, I, what again? It changes if 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 sudden death. You, if you're playing for overtime, you, you know that's that's fine. But it it changes your philosophy on offense if you know that there's no sense of urgency, that the clock's running down, that your just drive's going to continue once the regulation runs out. Then you just you you continue to run just a normal offensive scheme. You don't you don't have a sense of urgency to try to. To try to get into scoring position before the clock runs out, so or, it changes or, or, your approach. Or those dudes take a knee like they always do and go, "Okay, we'll go to overtime with this thing. We'll just take a knee and and burn up the last forty seconds of the thing." And and, and but you they know, won't take a knee if their drive continues. That's, that's right. I think it's kind of a cool thing. But I don't like that anyway. Seven fifty eight. Here's John Morris with today's Baylor Sports Beat program. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor athletics. Now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, Baylor baseball and softball in action at home tonight. We'll give you details. Plus, week two for Baylor football spring practice begins today. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. 
The 2021 Dodge brand, ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator, named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by, let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Baylor baseball and softball in action at home this evening. The baseball Bears hosting UT Arlington, 630 at Baylor Ballpark. On the air at 615, 630 first pitch right here on ESPN Central Texas. And Baylor softball back from Oklahoma. They are hosting Incarnate Word this evening at Getterman Stadium. On the air at 545, first pitch at 6 on 101.3 FM television for both on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus this evening. Today also begins week two for Coach Dave Aranda and Baylor's spring football practice. Last week, meeting with the media, quarterbacks coach Sean Bell asked about specifically what are the two top quarterbacks, Gary Bohannon and Blake Shapin, working on in the spring. Yeah, I think I think that's what we talk about every single day is what we're trying to get better that day. And I think Gary's focus right now is be, probably being better, he'll tell you, progressionally. So what that means is, is being able to work through reads and being balanced in his lower half and being consistent when the first read's not there. So that's something we're working on. And, um, you know, I think that he's always continuing to be a better leader. And I think it's, 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 that's who Gary is. He wants to be better in all aspects. But that'd probably be the one thing that our focal point is this spring. And, um, you know, I think each one of them, we talked about what they have to do to get better, and that, that's probably his biggest point of emphasis right now. What could Blake do to get better? I think Blake, you know, as far as a, a passer, has a lot of natural ability. I think he, he knows just as far as consistency. And one of the big things I think Blake's uh, improved on and worked on is his leadership. And he went through a, a eight-week leadership training with a lot of other guys, and I think he's learning and growing. And um, it's, it's hard being a young guy that's kind of thrust into that role. And uh, he's, he's really kind of focused on that. That's one of his goals is to continue to improve as a leader. And so it's not as much physical all the time, especially at the, at the quarterback position. It's just as much mental as anything else. And so I think leadership's probably his, his point of emphasis. And when I say, you know, even Gary and Blake, both of them, these are things that they say they need to work on, and I see the same thing. That is Baylor quarterbacks coach Sean Bell talking about the relative strengths of the top two quarterbacks in the room. Baylor football back on the practice field today, expected to be back out Thursday and Saturday, the spring green and gold game scheduled for April 23rd. And that is today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow, I'm John Morris. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Interesting hire, had a tremendous run, as you said. Very impressive, but that's funny uh aaron did you say it went back to like 2012 through 2015 i find it interesting that these schools sometimes when they're kind of like ah who are we gonna hire they're like well steve prom was pretty good here <laughs> you know like seven eight years ago the matt mosley show weekdays 4 to 6 p.m on espn central texas exceptional experience extraordinary results that's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at steckler wayne cherry and love law firm 
They are trial lawyers with over 100 years combined experience, specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. Steckler, Wayne, Cherry, and Love has an office in Waco managed by local attorney Craig Cherry. Craig Cherry is triple board certified. Fewer than 1% of all lawyers in Texas are triple board certified. He has obtained significant settlements and verdicts for his clients, due in no small part to his ingenuity and relentless tenacity. His tireless dedication and ability to anticipate his opponent's next move makes him the ultimate opponent in the courtroom. Learn more about Steckler, Wayne, Cherry, and Love at SWCLaw.com. That's SWCLaw.com. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time on ESPN Central Texas, your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Tom Ward Garrett, we're glad you're with us here on a uh, Tuesday morning. Nice morning, nice day. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's talk some basketball, shall we? Let's welcome into the program from the uh, podcast Locked on Blue Devils. We say good morning to JJ Jackson. JJ, good morning. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, fellas. Excited to be on the program with you guys, and uh, excited to be talking about some basketball games coming up this weekend at this portion of the year because. That well, that means Duke made it to the last weekend of the year. Let's talk about that. Let Let's start right there. First of all, talk about this basketball team and and how these kids and and young men have navigated what what has to have been a a difficult situation with with Coach K's last year. There's so much attention uh, on on Coach K's last year, and rightfully so. But man, I would think that that has been a a difficult task for these young men. Yeah, I certainly can't imagine what they're being asked to go through, and I've had the opportunity and the joy of, of trying to talk about it every single day this whole season on the podcast, Locked On Blue Devils, and just the pressure already to play at a program like Duke with the expectations that are there, but then understanding that Mike Krzyzewski announces back in June that this is going to be his final season. Inherently, I just think that's going to be more pressure added to a Blue Devil basketball team, knowing that he's going to want to go out on top. Those players, some of them that have been there for him for a couple of seasons, are going to want to send him out on top, Uh, not to mention the past few years where uh, COVID-19 took away the NCAA tournament, and then last year for the first time in 25 seasons, Duke did not make the tournament. You talk about pressure, I feel like they were feeling it uh, for the majority of the season. Now, throughout the year, for the most part, you really didn't notice that because they were playing really good basketball. You know, we had the conversation about whether or not the ACC was down in the league or not. And then all of a sudden we've got three conference teams in the elite eight and Duke kind of ran through the conference and the gauntlet there. They had really impressive non-conference wins in November, first game of the season over Kentucky. And then they beat Gonzaga in Las Vegas by four points. So it's always been the most talented team in America. It's just, hasn't always been uh, the most consistent play from the Blue Devils, but uh, man, they're playing their best basketball at the right time, and that's what you want to see going into this weekend. When did this team start getting that consistency you were looking for? Really, the NCAA tournament here, I'll be honest. I mean, uh, there were stretches throughout the year. They had a couple of good runs in ACC play, but there would always be some slip-ups. Surprisingly, this season and Coach K's final year at Cameron Indoor, Duke lost three games at home, which is really uncharacteristic, and obviously, 
people want to talk about that last game uh, to North Carolina, and we'll be talking about that game forever, quite honestly. And uh, just to lose that game, you know, the idea of having 100 former players over there to the side, I couldn't stop watching those former players during that game and, and saying, oh, my gosh, all these Duke legends are here watching us play this basketball game. I just can't imagine what that was like for the Duke players out there on the floor. But uh, in terms of the consistent play that we've seen here in the NCAA tournament, uh, obviously you were able to get past Cal State Fullerton in the first round. Michigan State, the offense, uh, was getting pretty much every shot that they wanted to at the rim. And Duke wasn't taking too many shots from the outside because they were having so much success. And then down by five with five minutes to go against the Spartans in the round of 32, they just locked it down. They started playing great defense. Uh, and, and sharing the ball with one another. And then uh, this past weekend, they were absolutely on their A game, knocking off Texas Tech, who everybody had favored to win that game, which I'm still kind of curious about to this day. Uh, and then a big one over Arkansas to make it to the Final Four. JJ, obviously, when you think of Duke, you're going to immediately think of players like Banchero and Roach. But are the Blue Devils in this position without uh, Mark Williams and uh, Wendell Miles Jr.? No, not at all. I mean, those two guys are, are really good players for this Duke team. Both guys are, are, are five-star players that just did not have uh, their time come after one season. They had to come back for a, another few seasons. And for the case of Wendell Moore Jr., this is his third year. He's a guy I talked about not making it to the NCAA tournament in 2020 because the whole thing was canceled. And then last year, Duke had a down year with the freshman class coming together. And so for Wendell Moore Jr., he's the captain of this basketball team from Charlotte. He grew up his whole life getting to watch Duke basketball and, and dreaming about the day that he could be a part of an NCAA tournament run for him. And his leadership has been just outstanding. And he's one of the best defensive players. It's funny you brought both of those guys up together because they're the two representatives for Duke on the all-conference defensive team for the ACC. And then Mark Williams wins defensive player of the year, 7-1-7-2 with the 7-7 wingspan. I mean, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be trying to go to the rim and, and score on Mark Williams. He has been absolutely dominant uh, on the offensive end. His game has progressed this season. And, uh, yeah, you, you talk about uh, Bancaro for the majority of the season. And then Roach has really picked it up of late in March Madness. But the more – and Williams have had just as good of seasons throughout the entire year. We're talking with J.J. Jackson. He uh, is the host of Locked on Blue Devils podcast. The uh, And, J.J., you mentioned a moment ago that you felt like this team kind of came together and really gelled at, at the when the tournament started. Was there something specific that happened? Was it a Coach K rotation decision? Was there something in the in the locker room? Was there can you can you put your finger on something that that happened to to really gel this basketball team and, and really take it to the next level like you talked about? Yeah, a couple of things. I think obviously this team was a little disappointed by how they played in the ACC tournament championship game against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had a uh, a guard who averages eight points on the season go off for thirty one and not miss from the three point line until you know the final two minutes of the game when the game was already out of hand. So uh, I think that was a bit of a reality check for the Duke team. And then obviously right before that, a couple of days before, uh, you had them lose that last game at home to North Carolina. But for the Duke team, Jeremy Roach has kind of been in and out of the starting lineup. There are six guys that you're going to see get the majority of the minutes for the Duke team. And Roach would either start or come off the bench. And he would be interchanged with Trevor Keels, who was a high school teammate of his, 
St. Paul the sixth there in Virginia. So Roach comes back into the starting lineup, and there were parts of the season where everyone was questioning the point guard play because you just hadn't really seen it out of Jeremy Roach. Well, he has decided to play his best basketball at the right time of the year. Every Duke team that's won the national championship has had incredible guard play at that point guard spot. We always talk about every team in America that wins the national championship. I mean, my word, how many great guards did that Baylor team have a season ago that you guys were covering all year long that that won it all? So for Roach to be playing his best basketball after being inserted into the starting lineup and kind of being their closing guy, the guy with the ball in his hands at the end of the game when a lot of people think it's going to be Paulo Bencaro, who's going to be a top three pick, Roach kind of surprises you. Uh, as a, a five-star that's in his sophomore year, takes over and, and gets crucial buckets for the Blue Devils. So I kind of point to that as of late. Does this semifinal have a chance to be one of the highest-scoring Final Fours in history? Yeah, I mean, it, it has a chance of, of being the highest, whatever metric you want to put it out there uh, in NCAA tournament history. I still haven't fully processed it myself. I mean, uh, being a native of the state of North Carolina my whole life, growing up around the rivalry and here we are getting set to, to play Duke and North Carolina for a chance to go to the national championship game. I mean, Mike Krzyzewski is going to go up against the Tar Heels for the 100th time in his career. He is 50 and 49 all time against the guys from Chapel Hill. So coach K will either go out with the 500 record or, or two wins above that mark and, and moving on to the uh, the national championship game. I think all the eyeballs in the world are going to be on that second semifinal that's played on Saturday night. And, and obviously you talk about scoring offenses. Duke led the conference in offense this season. They can get shots at the rim anytime they want to. And North Carolina's playing their best basketball at the right time of the season as well. And they scored 94 on Duke and Cameron Indoor. So uh, Caleb Love, Brady Manick have played well. Um, against Duke this season, and Armando Baycott, obviously, on the inside is going to be a big factor. Duke did knock off the Tar Heels by 20 in Chapel Hill earlier in the year, and they were kind of able to take Baycott out of the game, which led to uh, some stagnant offense from the Tar Heels. So I think Duke's going to try to duplicate that game plan. Kind of, I want to go into that. So Duke right now is averaging over 40 points in the paint. Do you see that, you know, being the case with Baycott? Or, I mean, what do they do to, to take him out of that game? Yeah, no, I, I still think they're going to attack the paint. I mean, I think obviously they're going to try and want to get Armando Baycott in foul trouble, but the beauty of uh, kind of the points in the paint that Duke's had, their guys are just so good at driving to the rim. And um, Look, they're going to have a, a, a certain points throughout the season. We've seen five players projected to go in the first round of this upcoming draft, and that's only happened once before with a Kentucky team a few seasons ago. And so uh, whether it's, it's Rose, who we talked about earlier, or – uh, Wendell Moore Jr. or A.J. Griffin, who will be a top-ten pick that not much of America is talking about, son of an NBA coach. Uh, he'll be uh, able to attack the rim and that sort of thing. But when you've got Baycott on the inside, Brady Manick uh, isn't the most frightening fellow down there on the post. Don't get me wrong. That's the guy's uh, incredible shooter, as, as Big 12 countries saw in his years in Norman. But Mark Williams and Paula Bencaro has kind of been able to get what they want to offensively against Manick. So, I still think with Baycott there in the middle, Duke's going to find success on the interior. JJ, last thing I have for you, and we've talked a little bit about Roach here and there, but is he at his best in transition, and how will that play out against this North Carolina team? Yeah, I, I think he absolutely is. I think a lot of these Duke players play better when the pace is, 
is kind of up a little bit, but uh, also we've seen them kind of slow it down at times to try to make sure they get good offensive success. I think just offensively, the Stoops team can do whatever they want to this season, which has been a whole lot of fun to watch. Uh, and the defense, for the most part, has been really good. I, I think we're going to see just an all-time classic on Saturday. I know a lot of Duke fans and, and, and Duke basketball lovers are already getting nervous, and I know that's the same on the Tar Heel side of things. So I, I think we could absolutely see another uh, high-scoring track meet type game, given that uh, both of these teams have very short benches at this portion of the season. You mentioned the game in Cameron Indoor. North Carolina did not make a single substitution in the second half of the game at Cameron Indoor, which still is mind-boggling to me that they were able to put up 94 points on the scoreboard. And uh, there were times where Duke was playing good defense. You just got to tip the cap to the shots that North Carolina was making. So absolutely thrilled to see the Final Four game being played on Saturday. The greatest rivalry in college basketball finally gets an NCAA tournament matchup, and I can't wait for it. Hey, J.J., uh, what do you got uh, coming up on your podcast, Locked on Blue Devils? And and uh, tell us how we can get it. Yeah, no, I certainly appreciate you guys bringing that up. We're getting ready to uh, all week long. We're previewing Duke of the Final Four, talking X's and O's, uh, talking with our locked on Tar Heel folks across the way, my buddy Isaac Shade. So, a uh, good crossover perspective there as we get set for a really big game coming up. Locked on Blue Devils, locked on whatever your team is, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube every single day. And yesterday, yesterday, locked on Baylor officially was able to relaunch with our guy Drake Toll taking over the show. So I know we've got probably some Bear fans listening to the show right now. We do have a Locked On podcast, 25, 30 minutes every single day after you get done listening to this great radio show. Uh, hit up those guys to listen for more uh, coverage and that sort of thing. So appreciate the invite, guys. You bet. JJ, thanks so much for your time and uh, enjoy the game. And we appreciate uh, we appreciate visiting with you this morning. All right, we'll do. Talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. That is uh, JJ Jackson, the host on Locked On Blue Devils, the uh, the podcast. It's uh, eight seventeen. We're seventeen minutes after eight o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. What do you say we take a look at the weather forecast this morning? Your morning weather report is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. Another mild day here in Central Texas with mostly cloudy skies. It'll be windy. Highs top out at 83 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy with showers and thunderstorms likely, but not until overnight. We drop to 59 and then clearing skies with lots of sunshine on Wednesday and a high of 78. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time from CBSSports.com, Jayhan Jayaraja. You know, obviously they did lose their head coach, Lincoln Riley. Uh, but it's more than anything else, I mean, they've got lost at so many key positions. They've lost their quarterback, their leading rusher, their leading tacklers. They're replacing a bunch of key guys at a lot of different positions. And then on top of that, they're going to be running a different defensive system, and they don't quite have the personnel to run it at this point. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with Case Construction Equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case Equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. 
With tax season approaching, are you wondering how new laws could affect your financial portfolio? I'm Joe Kaleo with the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. If you're unsure about the effect tax legislation could have on your wealth, we can help you develop a plan that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental. They make work easier. The best prices on newer used guns can be found at Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of 9mm guns, revolvers, shotguns, and ammo. From brand names like Smith & Wesson, Canik, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Buy, sell, or trade with a friendly and knowledgeable staff that will promptly answer your questions. And ask about their lifetime warranty on new guns. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16-1182-22462. Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Have you been to Sam's Bar in Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving regionally inspired Texas-style craft drinks. Offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some Summer Lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails, plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue. And check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. All right, day 21, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us as we uh, talk some basketball. Let's continue talking basketball, but let's talk about the women's Final Four. Anybody surprised that we have the Blue Bloods that we have in the Final Four? Now, I didn't get to see it, but apparently the UConn-North Carolina State game, Ward, was a knockdown dragout. Yeah, double overtime, 91-87. to 87. They come out with the win and get back to another Final Four. What did you say, the 26th time they've been in the Final Four? I think it's 22 times, oh, wow. yeah. That's that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, there's there's some blue bloods in, in this, and it's kind of expected in, in NCAA women's basketball. I mean, it, it goes more down the lines of, you know, just how you might have anticipated it than, than the men's does. There's not a there's not a whole lot of upsets in, in the women's basketball tournament. And I don't, I don't know why that is. They're just, there's just not. Particularly early. Yeah. I mean, those first couple of rounds, they kind of go chalk. I mean, yeah, they do. Normally, they so. do. I, you know, and it is. I, I think it's just the way that it's built. Honestly, it's just a lack of parity. You've had so because for so long, you either knew it was UConn, Baylor, or essentially Stanford. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where everybody migrated to, and you're slowly starting to see more coaches 
uh, come in and more of these programs come on the rise. So I think it's going to get more even. I don't think it, I don't know that it'll necessarily ever get to where the men's game is, but it's definitely catching up. It is. It is. There's no doubt. Right. I mean, you're seeing more competitive games. Absolutely. Too. And Creighton, I mean, look, Creighton was probably your biggest, uh, I guess, Cinderella in a sense. You know, on the men's side, that year in and year out, Creighton's always there. But I think that that's a good sign if you're around the Blue Jays program that you could have them step in and make a run as well. It shows right. more balance in that program as yeah. a whole. I just, you know, in on the women's side of the NCAA, you just don't ever really have that true, well, like we did this year uh, in St. Peter's. You right, don't yeah. have a true Cinderella that that has any lasting power that can go through and, and, you know, maybe get two or three rounds into it. You just – you never really see that. Now, yeah. you did see a couple of upsets in, in, in number one, let's don't forget those first couple of rounds are played on, on in, in home, home gyms. Correct. And, and so that kind of helps it, it preventing. But you did have two number 10s beating number twos this year. Yeah, but uh, I, including here, where, yeah. you know, you and I watched it. Yeah, I, you know, there there is some upsets, but I'm talking about a true Cinderella. And well, number, I, I get right, it. Yeah. The number yeah. 10 and the number two is not really, to me, an, a true you know, it, it is an you upset. You want a 15 or a 14 yeah, you, getting you just, three, four never, rounds deep. You never see that in in women's college basketball. You just don't because of what Garrett just said. There's The, the parity, the separation right. in women's college yeah. basketball is much wider than it is in men's basketball. It really is. And, and it's probably closing. And when, it is. When, when, yes. Particularly with television. And, you know, I hate to bring it up, but you, you saw what – that was on national television, what you saw – uh, those tens beating those twos. Well, and, and don't think the NIL money will not help that. Absolutely will. Yeah. So that that's uh so that's what you got on the women's side. You've got uh UConn taking on North Carolina State and then Michigan taking on Louisville in the um in the uh, final four. All right, uh, eight twenty four. Earlier we were having a conversation and uh we we were talking about the overtime rule and, and again with the owners meetings going on uh this week. Ward, that has been a, a it's been a hot topic, you know, a hot button topic is how how do they address the overtime rule? My first uh, originally, seriously, my first original thought was, why do you have to address it at all? What's wrong with it? I mean, you had a playoff game where one team didn't get the football, and, uh, and they're and, in turn. And, and, and that's why. Well, you know what? Stop. Kind of like the Tuck rule. Stop them. Yeah. If you want the ball, stop them. I but mean, that, originally that, that was uh, that was my original again, thought. Again, we're a soft society, and somebody's feelings got hurt, so we got to yeah. change it. Do you know what this reminds me of, though? It, it, remember when what was that? Two years ago, when the Saints they had that pass interference call, and then there was a big blow up. And we got to yeah, change exactly. all the rules, and then they went back. And that's exactly, and that's what I'm saying. How long will this be in effect? Is this something where it's a hot topic now There's because some... all eyes were on Josh Allen and Patrick, and it didn't go the way? Yeah, because somebody, yeah, somebody's got their feelings hurt. So, I mean, okay, we so got to change it. If we change it, but is it going to stay, or is it just going to be one of these until one somebody else gets their feelings hurt again? Exactly. Well, I mean, you always have this kind of stuff. Go back and, and it's knee jerk reaction. The the the, the non catch, if you will. Yes. Cowboys and, and the Packers that cost the the Cowboys an opportunity. I and mean, and now after that, we had to dissect every catch oh, that was it's made. Ridiculous. Goodness, it's ridiculous on what is and what isn't a catch. Yeah, I mean, you know, it. Just go back and get rid of the instant replay. Throw Play it the out, game. I throw wish it out like, the window. Yeah. Throw like, instant replay out the window and get back to letting it be a human game called by humans and and just play the game. If they make a mistake, live with it. 
But are, should. are we going to be okay if we have some kind of crazy two-point conversion? To, I mean, where are we going with this? I mean, I, I had an idea. No, I'm of, not going to be okay with just playing it for two-point conversions. That's stupid. Well, well, there was a there was a conversation about, okay, if you get the ball first and you go down and score and then you go for two and you make the two-point conversion, the game's over. Well, then somebody else still complain that we didn't get the ball. We didn't, we didn't get, get the a ball. chance. Yeah. yeah. It's dumb. It, it, it really is. But I, I kind of like the idea of taking the football wherever I had it and, and just continue to play the game. Put you know, if you want to make clock. the game get over with faster and just get rid of all these silly rules, go back to really old school football. Play 12-minute quarters. <laughs> no, it would play, play the game. And then if you're tied at the end of the game, go to first downs, go to penetrations, mm. and add them up, and then go go to the locker room. Total offense. There's all kinds of things you could do to decide who's the winner of the football game. But uh, Mike Tomlin's initial thought, I, I tend to agree with. You had 60 minutes. You had 60 minutes, probably eight or nine possessions, uh, because you didn't do what you needed to do to win the game. It's somebody else's fault. I mean, it's a valid argument. And in that Buffalo-Kansas City game, if Kansas City needed the football, why didn't Kansas City get a stop? That's the thing. I mean, there's three phases. There's three phases of football. If you want the football, take it away from Buffalo. But they didn't. Buffalo went down and scored. Game over. Sorry. But with that said, the one decision that the, – I mean, the one proposal that's on the table I think is the most – probably the most fair and the most that resembles just playing football, Ward and Garrett would be each team gets one possession. After one possession, if the game is still tied, you go to sudden death and play play it out for the remainder of that 15-minute period. After that, it's a tie football game. Throw the kickers out there after sudden death. No. I, yep. Here yep. we go again. No. Here we go again. Three phases. Here, you know, when, when that you, is not a third <laughs> phase. Those are knuckleheads. He was explaining to me how he watches how he watches sports. He doesn't watch it on his television. Sometimes, but most of the time I stream it outside, yes. Something wrong with you. <laughs> Very look, hey, I'm posting up on my porch and chilling, catching that wind, man. Hang on. <laughs> Ward, he's posted up on on his porch chilling. Absolutely. <laughs> that's oh boy, that's what he's doing. <laughs> it is. I don't know that I've ever posted up, and I certainly don't know. It, you should give it a try. I think you would enjoy it. <laughs> I, I sit on my patio and watch TV too, but I I watch a TV that's on the patio. I don't hey, watch a laptop. I'm, I'm breaking out the tablet, man. Full setup. Well, that's how you post up. You gotta, exactly. have the, <laughs> you gotta have the tablet and a forty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right, eight thirty. We we're running late, but and we'll uh, we'll get to it in just a moment. But we're gonna get uh, Scott right in here from the Oklahoma, and we're gonna talk some Oklahoma State Cowboy football uh, as they go through spring drills as well. Hey, if you're selling your home and you want to do it in five days or less, then you need to contact our good friends at. Uh, the Brokerage House Realtors. Aaron Rod and the group have a uh, have a tremendous marketing program that's going to generate an offer for you in in multiple offers, in fact, and offers above the uh, above the asking price. And if they don't, then they're going to buy your house 
uh, within that five-day window. They're going to, after that five-day window is up, they're going to buy your house for a price that you've agreed upon. So, hey, it's a win-win for you. If you want to know more about it, uh, go to 5 com. That's 5 com, or call Aaron at 817-812-2978. Glenn Moore and Baylor Bear Softball on 101.3 FM. Baylor softball back home Tuesday at Getterman Stadium hosting Incarnate Word. 5.45 for the warm-up show, 6 p.m. first pitch for Baylor Bears softball Tuesday from Getterman Stadium. Join Dan Ingham for Baylor Big 12 softball every game on 101.3 FM. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Call Allen Samuels House of Travel for your next all-inclusive vacation. As the world's leading all-inclusive company, Sandals is the best in luxury Caribbean all-inclusive vacation for couples. Let them send you on the destination of your dreams to Jamaica, Bahamas, Antigua, or one of Sandals' other luxury resorts. Let Allen Samuels House of Travel help you book your next Sandals vacation. Allen Samuels House of Travel is a full-service travel agency located in the heart of Central Texas that has been locally owned and operated for over 45 years. Visit them at houseoftravelwaco.com. StarTex Propane has been servicing McLennan and surrounding counties since 1976. This local and family-owned business is happy to take care of all your commercial and residential propane needs, including tank service, refills, outdoor kitchens, grills, fireplace units, turkey fryers, and fish cookers. StarTex offers competitive pricing that will meet or beat their competitors. So head on over to their website, StarTexPropane.com, or stop by the Big Red Building on LaSalle Avenue and join the more than 14,000 customers in Central Texas that choose StarTex Propane for all their propane needs. As fuel cost has risen, make sure your vehicle is summer ready. To get the best fuel mileage, take the proper steps needed in maintaining your vehicle properly with Kish's Complete Car Care Center's maintenance. There are many aspects of maintaining the fuel economy of your car. With rising fuel costs, we can make sure you get the best fuel mileage possible. Take the proper steps in maintaining your vehicle today at Kish's Complete Car Care Center. 5300 Franklin Avenue. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Ruth Toft Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF at 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. The NIT semifinals are tonight at Madison Square Garden. St. Bonaventure takes on Xavier at 6 o'clock. And Texas A&M tangles with Washington State at 830. 
UConn needed double overtime to beat North Carolina State in 91-87 to advance to the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Louisville knocked off Michigan 62-50 to join UConn, Stanford, and South Carolina in Minnesota. McLennan baseball is now 21-6-1 on the year after topping 8th-ranked San Jacinto 8-7. They put their 7-1 conference record on the line tomorrow at home with a doubleheader against Weatherford. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Game time is brought to you in part by Big Boys Record Service, Pro Star Rental, Good Feet, and VersaLift Southwest. All right, 835, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom, Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us. And we're joined now by Scott Wright from the Oklahoman as we talk Cowboy football and Cowboy spring football. Scott, first of all, thanks so much for joining us, and good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Let, let's uh, let's dive in and talk some Cowboy football. What is the this spring, what is the, the, the biggest decision that needs to be made by Coach Gundy and this staff? You know, in terms of decisions, there's not necessarily a, a really big one. There are some issues, obviously, that they're, that they're facing. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line is really thin. Uh, they have three guys who were starters at the end of last season who are, uh, who are all back, but they're, uh, they're all dealing with uh, off-season surgery, so they're out for the spring. They had four guys go in the transfer portal, uh, so they're really thin on the offensive line, which is, uh, which is kind of hindering things a little bit. Uh, because they're so deep at, at all the other positions uh, that they want to try to get those, uh, you know, those third-team guys some extra work this spring. But it's a little bit of a challenge with the uh, with the lack of offensive linemen. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you've got Derek Mason uh, coming in as the new defensive coordinator, and uh, uh, you know he's adapting to what Jim Knowles was running. He's learning the terminology rather than him bringing in his own system. Uh, he, he's learning what Oklahoma State was running and adapting to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's still a work in progress in terms of getting used to a guy and and and, uh, and those sorts of things. So so there's definitely some, some uh, um, you know, not a real big looming decision that they've got to make this spring. Who wins the running back job? Boy, that's a, uh, that's a good question. Obviously, Dominic Richardson is the, uh, the most experienced guy of the group, um, but, you know, Oklahoma State learned last year you need to have you need to have three guys at least ready to go and uh, and you get down to that third spot you're looking at some true freshmen um, you're looking at a guy like Ollie Gordon uh, from from down you guys area there who uh, who has uh, has really been impressive in his uh, his first few days of, of spring camp physically just a uh, just a beast and um, you know it's uh, it's not very often you see a, a a running back who should still be in high school at this point come in and and have the, uh, you know, make the early impression that he has. Obviously, yesterday was just their first day in pads. So, uh, you know, it's uh, you got to take that with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, physically at, at 6'3", 210, and, and uh, doing the things that he does, he's been really impressive. He's going to uh, gonna be getting himself in the mix for, for that number two, number three job behind Richardson. Cowboys got three offensive linemen transferring into the program. How much is that going to help anchor this offensive line? Oh, it's it's going to be huge. Not only with the uh, the, the depth issues that uh, that I talked about earlier, but um, you know, having a uh, adding a veteran presence. You know, they've had uh, Josh Sills at left guard the last two years, who was a guy who came over from from West Virginia, had been an all conference guy already before he got here. Then Danny Gudlewski transferred in 
as a, a grad, graduate senior last year and, uh, and was a guy who had been uh, an all-conference type player up at Miami of Ohio. Uh, so you had two guys in the center of that line who were, uh, who were really veterans who anchored that line, and, and they just don't have a ton of experience. They've got Hunter Woodard back at right guard, uh, who's been a starter uh, the majority of the last two years. Uh, but other than that, everybody that they've uh, that they've got on that offensive line has started less than a full season. So um, adding these guys that have some uh, some power five experience, in, in, including Prince Pines, a guy that uh, that started his career there at Baylor, um, you know, is a guy that uh, has had a really good career at Sam Houston State the last two years, and uh, and they, they think can come in and and add a a veteran presence in the middle of that offensive line. So. Um, you know they need they need bodies they need uh, they need experience and and that's what they're adding with these three guys off the transfer portal. Scott, how do they go about filling the void left behind at the linebacker position with Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper gone? That's really uh, particularly on defense. Maybe maybe overall the entire team the biggest question uh, that they're facing this spring. Uh, they've got guys that they really like, uh, but it's it's guys that haven't played a lot. Um, you know, Mason Cobb is in his uh, his third year with the program. Uh, he played less than 100 snaps last year because Rodriguez and Harper were so good that you couldn't take them off the field. They both played over 800 snaps in 14 games last year. Um, it was just hard for uh, for those guys to come off the field. And, and, and so you've got inexperienced guys. You've got Cobb. You've got uh, Lamont Bishop, who is a, uh, a junior college transfer that's now going into his third year in the uh, in the program. Um, and then, uh, and then they brought in Xavier Benson, a guy who started his career at Texas Tech, then went to uh, went to Tyler uh, Junior College for a year. Had a really good year at Tyler. Was a uh, Junior College All American, 120 tackles in 12 games. Uh, so a uh, a really impressive uh, Junior College season. He was a, a starter for uh, part of his redshirt freshman season at Texas Tech. So he's a guy that's got some experience, but. Uh, you know, coming in and, and replacing two guys that were uh, that were the rocks of this defense, and that's going to be really difficult to do. Talk at spring football, uh, Oklahoma State spring football with Scott Wright from the Oklahoma, and I'm going to take you a little different direction here, Scott. Uh, uh, with Oklahoma making the move to the to the SEC, obviously the the rivalry bedlam. I mean, unbelievable rivalry. What is the conversation in Stillwater about that game? You know the, uh, the the difficult part is that uh, you know programs don't want to play more than one major conference opponent in the non-conference season, and Oklahoma State is is already booked up out until uh, in until the late 2030s uh, in terms of, of filling that one non-conference void in with a with a, a Power Five program. And so when they look at that and they think of adding another one, uh, you know, not knowing really what the uh, what the conference schedule is going to look like in the Big 12 once uh, once the new teams are in, uh, you know, it's really hard to try to project uh, adding OU to the non-conference schedule when they're in the SEC. And so, uh, you know, you, it, it would be virtually impossible to go break all of those contracts and and make it happen that way. Uh, you know, it's it's really unfavorable to uh, to go add. A, another Power Five, uh, particularly a program like OU, to uh, to your non-conference in addition to another Power Five school that you've already got lined up, and they've got some really solid uh, non non-conference games lined up uh, with uh, with programs like uh, like Alabama and, and Oregon 
in the uh, in the future. So it's it's not like they're playing a soft schedule anyway. So um, you know, it's just it just seems really difficult to uh, to make the logistics work. Uh, you know, I think I think the majority of everybody in Oklahoma would like to see that series continue because it's it's such a great rivalry and, and so much fun and such a big deal for the state uh, to have all those eyeballs on uh, on the state of Oklahoma. But it just uh, it just feels like it's going to be really difficult to pull it off. Uh, certainly in the next in the next you know fifteen to twenty years. What are the new renovations to Boone Pickens going to do for this program? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's it's definitely a boost. This is, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things of of, of kind of keeping up. Obviously, um, you know, Boone Pickens Stadium is a is a great facility. They've done a lot of things in the in the West End Zone area where the uh, the football offices and locker rooms and, and weight room are. Um, you know, this is uh, this uh, this round of renovations is more for the fans to uh, to to make. Boom Pickens Stadium, a uh, a little bit more of a uh, of a of a comfortable destination for uh, for fans on uh, on game day. You know, some wider seats in 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 some areas, and uh, you know, extra aisles to uh, to get to your seats and things like that. So uh, so that's the uh, the most important thing. And then they're getting new turf on the uh, on the playing surface and on and on one of their outdoor practice fields. Um, so those are uh, you know those are important things to make sure you're keeping those things up to date. So um, you know this is a uh, it's. It's a, an important one um, that uh, that maybe the fans are going to notice more so than the players. Scott, what's the next step for sophomore edge caller Oliver? Boy, it's uh, it's going to be really intriguing to see what it is. Um, you know, I think that uh, that obviously in terms of his impact on the game, I think the next step is is him play more snaps. You know, that's the the thing that uh, a lot of people forget. He was uh, he was really a third string guy at the beginning of the year and, and worked his way up the depth chart. Um, but, but Brock Martin is still your starter there. He's, he's back for his super senior year. Uh, Trace Ford is back who had, who had two really good years before tearing his ACL. Uh, and then uh, he tore it at the end of the 2020 season and tore, uh, tore it again in uh, last August, right before the season started. So, uh, you know, you wonder uh, what his impact is going to be coming off two ACLs, not having played in over a year. So, um, you know, it's a, uh, that's a difficult situation for him, but um, you know Oliver, uh, you know I think is a, is a guy that's adding a little bit more bulk this off season. Uh, he was playing at about 225 last year, which is uh, which is a little bit light for a uh, uh, for an edge rusher, but uh, he obviously made it work with 11 and a half sacks. So uh, you know he's a guy that I, I think you're just going to see him getting more and more uh, snaps on the on the field and uh, and having more opportunities to impact the game. Last thing I have for you, when you look at – we have a lot of turnover in the Big 12 this year at the quarterback position. Spencer Sanders is coming back. This is a guy who's been big moments. He's been a little inconsistent here and there. Where does he rank among these Big 12 quarterbacks as we enter the season? You know, it's it's so hard to judge him. I think I, he's obviously near the top because because I mean, he's going into his fourth year as a starter, and that kind of, uh, of experience and, uh, and consistency in, uh, in that position – is really important and really valuable, uh, but as you mentioned, he has his up and ups and downs. And, and uh, Baylor fans saw the uh, saw a lot of the downs. He had seven interceptions in two games against Baylor. He only threw five interceptions the rest of the year against everybody else. So, uh, you know, he's a he's a guy that uh, um, you know that has improved his consistency uh, last year. Uh, his uh, his his numbers were uh, were certainly better a year ago. Uh, but he's got to take that next step and and be a guy that uh, 
that Oklahoma State fans aren't on their edge of the seat every time he uh, he cocks that right arm to throw the ball because uh, because they're afraid something bad is going to happen. So uh, that's uh, that's the big thing that he's got to do going into uh, into the 2022 season is uh, is is really become a guy that uh, you know was was the the type of leader that uh, that he was through October and November of last year. Uh, when he wasn't turning the ball over a bunch, was was making really smart decisions, was running effectively, uh, but but his his skill set and his experience put him near the top of the, of the league, I think, at this point. Mike Gundy gets the extension uh, there for the Cowboys. Is it because of being in that championship game? Because it's been kind of a bumpy road up till that point. And, and how long does this extension stay in place for Gundy? Is is he in for the long haul? And and maybe this is his last stop with the seniority that he has in the big 12 now. Yeah, it really feels that way. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, theoretically this is a lifetime contract because every year it adds another year to the end of the contract. It's a perpetual five-year contract. So, um, you know, every year he gets a, a million dollar stay bonus and a, and another year added onto his contract. So, um, you know, this is a, uh, uh, you know, this is in part because of the success that he had last year, and in part because of uh, the new leadership at Oklahoma State with, with Chad Weiberg at athletic director and Dr. Casey Strum at president, they both took over last July and have, uh, have really shown a, a strong dedication to, uh, to making sure that this football program is, uh, is funded well. Uh, you know, Gundy wasn't the only one to get a raise. Everybody throughout the, uh, the football staff, supporters, uh, support staff, assistant coaches, everybody in the building uh, got, uh, got taken care of in some, some form or fashion. So, um, you know, and then, and then you got the, the $40 million upgrade to, uh, to Boone Pickens Stadium. So um, this is a, an overall effort to, uh, to really invest in the football program and make sure that they are, uh, that they are taking care of the people that, are, uh, that are, are making this program go. He covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys for the Oklahoma needs. Scott Wright. Scott, thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. That is Scott Wright from the Oklahoman uh, right here on ESPN Central Texas talking Cowboy football. And as we go through the spring, we're going to try to get uh, guys from uh, all and, and gals from all over the country uh, covering the Big 12, and we'll try to get them here on the program. Uh, it is uh, 849. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, presented by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, the award-winning dealership at 201 West Loop 340, just down from Highway 84. Got a great selection of new vehicles, superb selection of pre-owned vehicles, and, of course, an award-winning, outstanding service department at Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Your friend in the car business at uh, allensamuelsdcj.com. Join us live from Rudy's in Waco for our next Baylor Coaches Show. Join us Thursday, March 31st, and hear from track and field head coach Michael Ford and acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show from 6 to 7 p.m. live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with your host, John Morris, right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. 
With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwood-Williams is hiring for CDL drivers pay averaging $92,000 annually and regional CDL drivers with pay averaging $94,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including paid vacation and flex time, medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply today at careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. That's careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. Sherwin-Williams is an equal opportunity employer including disability and veterans. Since opening their doors in 1925. Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home has been honored to serve families like yours by providing a range of funeral services. Whether it's a traditional funeral, a graveside service, memorial service, or cremation, they believe every life deserves to be honored in a way that brings peace to families. Five generations of the Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home family have helped tens of thousands of Central Texans celebrate the lives of loved ones. Learn more at whbfamily.com. City Ranch Boot Company has a new location and they can't wait to see you. Choose your skin. Choose your design. Let them create that perfect pair of boots, belt, wallet, or handbag. With over 30 years of leather industry, owner Jay Kelly and his team know their stuff. Design boots for the bride and groom or the entire wedding party. Put your company logo on boots as sales incentive or thank your employees. Incorporate your ranch brand or the name of your ranch as a gift for your family. Bring them in for a lifelong memory. City Ranch Boot Company, custom designed, locally owned, family operated, and Texas made. City Ranch Boot Company brings you a unique experience. Shop off the shelf or design yourself. City Ranch Boot Company, located at 10267 North River Crossing, just off Highway 6 and 185, next to the Joko Building. Call them at 254-855-7225. Find them on Facebook and Instagram, too or visit their website, cityranchboot.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Ruth Top Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF at 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. The NIT semifinals are tonight at Madison Square Garden. St. Bonaventure takes on Xavier at 6 o'clock, and Texas A&M tangles with Washington State at 8.30. UConn needed double overtime to beat North Carolina State in 91-87 to advance to the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Louisville knocked off Michigan 62-50 to join UConn, Stanford, and South Carolina in Minnesota. McLennan baseball is now 21-6-1 on the year after topping 8th-ranked San Jacinto 8-7. They put their 7-1 conference record on the line tomorrow at home with a doubleheader against Weatherford. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. All right, 8.53, and uh, coming up this afternoon, we've got uh, softball for you over on our sister station, Cool 101.3, 5.45 for the warm-up, 6 o'clock 
first pitch. Glenn Moore and the Baylor softball team take it on Incarnate Word. And uh, speaking of Glenn Moore, he will be a guest of the John Moore Show this afternoon in the 3 o'clock hour. Baseball's back in action tonight. Uh, uh, they're going to take on UT Arlington, and uh, that will be a 6.30 first pitch, 6.15 broadcast right here on ESPN Central Texas. I was looking, guys, at the uh, non-conference schedule for Big 12 baseball, and tonight, uh, among uh, there's a ton of games, but um, uh, among them is Texas A&M at Texas. So, Ooh. yeah, that, that, that little rivalry kind of renewed. That's what got me to thinking about the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State-Bedlam series. Uh, you know, a tremendous rivalry that is basically, according to, to Scott Wright, Really, you, there's really no way to to keep that that rivalry going. So for the next several years, it's gone. A and M and Texas at football obviously was a great Thanksgiving Day weekend rivalry that's been gone, but will now it looks like be renewed with Texas going to the SEC. But in all these other sports, you gotta play these games. And don't you know tonight it's a non-conference game, but it'll be packed. They'll, they'll probably have a sellout at that game. So I uh, like to see these 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 rivalries continue, and I like to see the. Uh, the old Southwest Conference matchups uh, be renewed if you can. All right, th- that's going to do it for us here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Thanks to, to everyone for being a part of the program. And uh, speaking for Ward and for Garrett, I'm Tom. We're right back tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Don't forget, JMO at 3 and Matt at 4. We'll see you in the morning at 7.